0: Do you know more about the Real Housewives than you do about your own family? Do you have strong opinions about Cody Brown's move to Flagstaff? I know I do. If that also sounds like you, then this is the podcast for all your reality TV pleasures. Recaps of episodes, reality TV gossip, and whatever I may feel like sprinkling in between. So come along with me, your host Catherine, on my adventures in reality TV. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, episode 16 of Adventures in Reality TV, how about it? Um, so as you know, I am late uploading this, uh, episode this week, I was a little busy bee yesterday, well, Sunday would be yesterday as I'm recording this, so yeah, I only had time to watch the Sister Wives episodes, take notes, and then didn't have time to actually record And I have a lot of notes from over two episodes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this, I guess this was the end of the season. Didn't, TLC didn't say anything. I didn't see any sort of like next week on the last episode of the season of Sister Wives. Um, Because next week starts the one-on-one. They aren't calling it a tell-all this year. But yeah, they're calling um, the one-on-ones and the wives are sitting down uh, with, oh fuck, what is her name? I cannot remember my name, her name anymore now. Oh, I'm awful. But anyways, that's gonna be good. I mean, how can we? I I I was thinking of waiting until the end to bring this up, but I mean, I can't not bring it up right away. We find out in this one-on-one preview that Janelle and Cody are separated. Woo 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 woo. Now, separated and divorced are two different things. I don't know how different it is when you're only spiritually married, but I will say, as a caveat, Janelle and Cody have separated before, um, but also ended up getting back together and conceiving a child during that separation. So, I wouldn't say that Janelle's completely out of the weeds yet. However, this is a good start. I'll give her that. Um, So, that was a fun advance, uh, a fun advancement we got. In news from the little preview of the one on one, but yeah, I'm. I, I hate the suit that Cody is wearing in it. He's wearing like a really light gray suit and a dark red button up shirt and a tie, and he looks, he looks like a Bible salesman that is like trying to juice it up a little bit. Well, I should say a Book of Mormon salesman. Um, yeah, I'm just, it's not. I would have styled him differently. However, I wouldn't style Cody. I would tell him to fuck off. So that's just me. <laughs> um, did anybody watch? So I'm going to talk a little bit here um, to go into some scripted TV territory. I want to talk about The White Lotus. So skip ahead a few minutes. Uh, if you have not caught up with the most recent episodes, well, the finale came out last night. That was another reason I was busy is I had to watch the finale of the white lotus and not have everybody on twitter fucking spoiling it for me so anyways yeah for these next few minutes uh skip ahead if you don't want anything spoiled but i really enjoyed this second season of the white lotus i thought the finale was pretty good and my thing going into the finale is i thought that albie was going to be killed for some sort of involvement with the sex worker lucia I did not expect Christopher Maltinato, Maltinato, I can't pronounce it right now, I was not expecting Michael Imperioli's character, why can I not remember his name for the life of me either, I was not expecting him to actually give money to Lucia, you know, I was not expecting LB to be able to convince him, but, you know, clearly, Dominic, that's his name, Dominic is the dad, Okay. Um, Bert is the grandpa, Dominic is Michael Imperioli, Albie is the son. Um, okay. I was very con- cons- blah, 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 blah. Catherine, learn how to fucking speak today. I was very surprised that Albie was able to convince his dad to give the 50,000 euros to Lucia. And I was also- n- But I was also not surprised at all to find out that Lucia played him and left his ass in the hotel room. You know, I mean, Albie, like his dad said, I never took you to be such an easy mark. And he was. (laughs) That white knight syndrome got to him pretty bad. Um, However, when you're rich, like Albie, and I guess it's not your money, it's your dad's money, he didn't seem that upset (laughs) by it. So, okay. Um, However, so that was kind of my thought going in was that possibly Albie was going to be the one killed. I did not expect it to end up being Tanya who does the killing and ends up getting killed. That was a whole big plot twist that, like, I was really happy with and I thought it worked out well. Um, maybe I should have realized it was so obvious right from the get-go because of the whole, like, the broke gay guys trying to, like, fawn over her. Then we see, obviously, that picture of the cowboy with, you know, that is clearly Greg, It's just very odd. Um, And I really enjoyed how that played out in terms of like, oh, she gets the bag and of course it's just (laughs) a rope and some, what is it, duct tape and, um, fuck, why am I forgetting everything now? Oh, and a gun, a gun. Duh, Chekhov's gun. I knew right as soon as she opened that bag, I was like, oh, Tanya's gonna kill these gay guys for sure. And I kind of got a little bit of a, clue of that early on in the episode I was like yeah maybe she'll end up killing him because like we want to we want to believe Tanya's character is so like stupid and it's amazing how she like moves about in the world but I also think too like we saw that glimpse where she told Portia like I think you're being really stupid you're like rushing into things and she wasn't wrong so yeah I think it was kind of a cool little twist for her to realize like, oh no, I think they're trying to kill me. And then she locks herself in the room and ends up, you know, shooting a bunch of the gay guys. And then it's still so fucking funny to me. I mean, (laughs) she's leaning over the side of the boat. Girl, take your heels off. I saw so many people on Twitter be like, just jump in the water and climb into the boat. Just, you know, there's probably a ladder on the side of the boat Climb down that and then get onto the boat. Don't just jump from the side of the boat and think you're going to land into the dinghy. And I thought that was a nice little cherry on top of like, yeah, you know, Tanya was able to figure out that the guys, the gay guys were going to kill her and this was this whole ruse and stuff and they don't actually have money, but then she also does kill herself in probably the most Tanya-esque way by just poop falling off a boat and hitting her head and and dying, which I I assume she hit her head and died. Um, But yeah, that was just, I thought that was a fun part for the the actual murder. Because, you know, the show started off with, you know, um, Daphne finding a body in the water and, you know, for a while with this whole Ethan and... Cameron thing people were thinking. Oh, you know, maybe Daphne will do something and kill somebody Maybe Ethan will kill Cameron I didn't really expect that to happen because Ethan kind of seemed a bit like a pussy to me but (laughs) Love the actor. I thought he was a great actor, but I didn't see that character actually killing anybody. I did think I would see maybe um, Cameron kill somebody because Cameron seems like somebody without a lot of morals As we could see, (laughs) you know, but however, I did find the Daphne and Ethan thing, you know, taking that walk to the island to be kind of interesting. Like, obviously they fucked. I mean, yes, they leave it up for interpretation. But what I think is probably happening is that Ethan and Daphne fucked behind those rocks on the little island thing. But Harper and Cameron did not fuck. And Harper was telling Ethan the truth. I think that was the case. So, anybody who isn't aware of this show, um, I I highly recommend you watch it. The second season is really good. I've seen some people say that they didn't like the second season and the first season was way better. I don't know. I think the theme wasn't great for me in the first season. Mike White, the creator of the show, said, like, the theme in the first season was all about class and, like, you know, they're at this White Lotus Resort in Hawaii and it's all about kind of the people who work for these ultra rich people who are just vacationing and living in excess and then the second season was more about sex and you know have and have nots in terms of like being rich but truly you know appearing rich but actually having nothing and i found i don't know just the storylines of the second season i found to be way more interesting than in the first one um i think i've said on the podcast before i'm not a huge cindy sweeney fan she just i don't i kind of don't know what people get so up in arms about her for but that's neither here nor there (laughs) anyways I've been rambling about this for too long and I have a lot of sister wives to get into so let's end that there I will put a little note in the episode description for where people can know to skip if they are White Lotus fans and you know don't want any spoilers but definitely get on watching the second season if you haven't yet sorry you've been (laughs) spoiled (laughs) All right, let's get into some Sister Wives. Another thing I forgot to mention before I get into Sister Wives is, um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the listens. The podcast has reached a total of almost 4,000 listens now as I'm recording this, which I know some people with way bigger podcasts are probably like, 4,000, that's what I get in a day. But for me, this is, I mean, that surpasses any amount that I expected to get in like a year, so... Last week's episode did really well, and I'm just thanking everybody from the bottom of my heart for listening still and following the podcast, you know, tweeting, Instagramming, all that fun stuff. So it means a lot, and I'm having a lot of fun doing this podcast. Last week's episode with Ashley was a really good time. I enjoyed having a guest on the podcast. So my plan is hopefully in 2023, I'll be able to make more of that happen with other guests and friends of mine or other people that like reality TV. So, um, cause I enjoy being able to riff off of my friends and, you know, cause everybody has such great opinions about Cody Brown. We all have really, really good opinions that we need to share with the world. So I'm hoping to bring more of that in 2023. And I'm just glad that people are finding the podcast and they're enjoying it. So Anyways, yeah, that's just last week was a really big highlight for me, and I just want to share my happiness with you all. Okay, now let's get into Sister Wives. Okay, so this first episode I'm going to cover episode 13. It's the the penultimate episode of the season. It's titled Corona Apocalypse. You know, this is we saw in the preview for the season that COVID hits Robin's house and we think maybe she's on her deathbed we don't think we know she lives she's in the talking heads to to tell us about it but um you know it was a big thing in the season and so they save it for the last bit and this episode is just absolutely ridiculous i want to shoot cody every time i see him in the way he talks about having COVID. it's it's absurd but um at the beginning of the episode We hear that it's been about a month since Christine has left and moved to Utah, so Cody claims that he's dealing with the logistics of Truly coming over and, you know, claims it hasn't been easy. I'm not sure how hard it can be to deal with the logistics when she's literally coming to you, but okay, Cody. (laughs) Truly, excuse me, Truly shows up to Robin's house for a visit. Ariella is bouncing off of the fucking walls while she's outside, but just going nuts and has like a literal, like a plural wife, like FLDS dress on. I'm not sure where she got that, but, um, yeah, she's just like Cody in a small child size, which is truly unfortunate and poor kid. I hope she grows out of that, (laughs) you know, and in Cody, he says he doesn't want Truly's visit to be a bad experience, you know, so she doesn't like coming then and, you know, of course, we know Cody hopes this will just seal his plan to get Truly on his side and, you know, not think he's the bad guy. Because <laughs> we know that's really all that Cody cares about here. And, you know, he's all about whose side are my kids going to be on. And that becomes a big point of contention um, throughout pretty much both of these episodes. <laughs> I'm on to you, Cody. I know what your game is here. So right as Truly walks through the door, you could tell she is very unsure about her plans um, and is taking stock of this very chaotic situation. She's probably making sure she knows where the nearest exit points are. She's trying to figure out how the windows lock. You know, she our girl knows to enter with caution. And Cody asks her if she brought pajamas. Truly automatically says no. <laughs> and so he asks if she's going to spend the night. And very awkwardly, Truly is like, um, I'm not sure. And she says that Christine told her that, you know, she can make the choice. Cody says, oh, you can just wear a big t-shirt to sleep in. Uh, Okay, Cody. (laughs) Like, did you hear her? She said maybe, which we know means no. (laughs) But she just didn't want to hurt your feelings on camera because Truly knows that you have the emotional stability of a paper bag. So there's that. (laughs) Um, But then, of course, Cody is saying that he has to work. So he tries to push Truly off to go play with Ari and Saul. And Joke's like, oh, you know, I have stuff to do, so would you rather help me work, kid? <laughs> How about you, like, isn't Truly coming to visit you? Didn't Weren't you making such a fit that Christine was taking Truly away from you? So why are you now working? Also, what work do you have to do, sir? You sell guns at gun shows. What else are you doing? Uh, uh, TikToks? Cameos? I don't believe it, sir. <laughs> but anyways, um... You know, I don't think Truly wants to spend time with hyper-ass Ari and Robin. You know, maybe Saul, because her and Saul are kind of the same age, so they probably have a good time together. But, yeah, come on, Cody. You should be spending time with your kids. Why am I even expecting that he would? Come on now, Catherine. What is this, amateur hour? So, um, St. Robin says that she has not told Saul and Ari very much about the Christine situation. I'm sure she hasn't, (laughs) you know, because they're just kids. And so she says that they don't understand this stuff. Um, Again, like I said, Saul and Ari are about, aren't Saul and Ari. Saul and Truly are very close in age. So they are not toddlers, Robin. Truly had to be explained a divorce. um, And Saul is about the same age. But Robin loves to make it out like, you know, she has two newborn infants at home and, you know, the shit, Ari's almost fucking like seven. Get it together, guys. Get it together. Then Cody, you know, he realizes this is all being filmed. So he should at least make an effort and make it seem like he wants to spend time with Truly. So then they're sitting down and Truly is showing her books to Cody. Ari is still jumping all the fuck around and going crazy. Um, and has to be wrangled by Robin, which I find kind of funny. So, so much for the, the COVID restrictions that Ari and... Inst- Truly can't touch because literally Ari is like climbing onto poor Truly. You can tell Truly is feeling so awkward. She makes this like little look at the camera, like get the get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then Cody suggests she goes and shows her books to Aurora because Aurora likes books. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. I'm curious if Truly did end up staying the night, but my money's probably on not. Robin says in a talking head, you know, there's other tension in the family besides just the divorce. And, you know, it's making everything harder, but truly coming over is some normalcy and, you know, reminds her that there is still some family here. Wah, wah, wah. Eeyore Robin. I think it's very obvious Robin is referring to the Janelle and Cody issues here um, because she just fucking dances around it and can't say anything directly to save her damn life. Just alluding and tiptoeing. That's Robin's game. However, she is probably one of the better communicators in the family, even though she is a terrible communicator. I don't know. It's it. It's all a mess. <laughs> I will say, though, later in these episodes and with Janelle's talking heads, she actually starts naming names and says some shit in her talking heads. So thank fucking God. I'm so glad she actually is like, no, we're putting, we're speaking some truth on this and I'm not speaking in generalizations about people in the family, yada, yada, yada. So Janelle in a talking head says summer has been rocky for her and Cody, (laughs) and they've disagreed about the RV, to say the least. So in Janelle's words, she wants to soothe the water, but there's still a lot of issues, and especially with uh, Gabe and Garrison, Janelle's sons. So Cody and her meet at a restaurant called Fat Olives, which is a restaurant name I just love kind of makes me want to get like a big stuffed like olive with blue cheese or something I don't know. it's making me think of Vicki Gumbleson from Real Housewives of Orange County where she loves a martini with three blue cheese stuffed olives isn't right <laughs> <laughs> which a martini sounds awful but I want those olives anyways they're meeting up at fat olives and they are going to talk about shit going on Janelle sits down and she's like wow this is nice I haven't been out to eat in a while And then, of course, Cody has to make some smart-ass, like, downer remark. Like, oh, yeah, this is just a great time now. Like, okay, dick, she's trying to be sweet and say she's enjoying her time out with you because it's been a while, but Cody just has to shit on it. (laughs) There's no pleasing him, I swear. Um, So, yeah, Janelle explains, um, you know, they had a huge separate Thanksgiving last year. It's a big divide between him and the boys, Janelle tells Cody that Maddie wants to celebrate. Maddie is Janelle's oldest daughter in North Carolina. And so Janelle wants to go there, there being North Carolina where Maddie lives. And Janelle just says in a talking head, like, it just makes it so much easier to go there. She doesn't have to deal with pretty much Cody's bullshit with COVID and, you know, his feud with her boys. And then she says she'll be in Flagstaff for Christmas. Cody says there's a lot of stuff that has gone under the bridge that he no longer wants to ignore. So not only is it the COVID stuff that they have to work out, but also Cody pretty much wants to know who's been talking shit. (laughs) And so he puts it out there. And it sounds like Cody wants to like start some shit at this dinner table to kick off the holiday season. Um, Because it wouldn't be a talk with Cody if he wasn't trying to start some shit and say nasty stuff. So I think what essentially Cody's saying is that he doesn't want to pretend it's all hunky-dory and not work things out, um, which is not true because all he has said is that his boys need to apologize to him and Robin. He hasn't said they need to work anything out. He said they need to apologize. <laughs> so this is when Cody tells Janelle if they have animosity towards him or someone connected to him, <laughs> oh, who do you mean there, Cody? He doesn't want them to come to- for Thanksgiving. He thinks Janelle's boy should come to him to make amends. <laughs> he says later he doesn't want them to apologize. Later on, he says he changes his mind. But that they need to talk things out. Cody, what do you think amends are? Amends? Get a fucking thesaurus out. That is amends. Oh my god. Also, Cody, you're the parent here. Like, why aren't you reaching out to your kids to try and make things better? You're the fucking parent. I don't care if they're adults, you idiot. Reach out to your kids. So Janelle then explains in a talking head that the boys are definitely very estranged from Cody. And they are definitely not in a place to come to Cody. I mean, they are Cody's sons, for God's sakes. Like, they're stubborn, I bet. Also, um, did I already say that, Cody, you're the fucking parent? So go to your kids first. And Janelle continues saying in this talking head, Cody thinks they are dis- disrespecting Robin, and so they should come and have a mea culpa and apologize to them. And Cody says he's not asking for an apology; he wants to clear the air. Like I said before, he was telling Janelle that her boys need to come and make amends. Break up the 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 th- th- the break up the st- thesaurus, and you are saying the same fucking thing. For disrespecting Robin, you need to come and apologize. Ugh. So back at Fat Olives, Janelle says that she knows the bulk of Cody's anger and frustration was with the COVID rules and the boys not abiding it. But now, Cody says that, no, that isn't the only thing that bothered him. It's that they put Robin in their crosshairs. So, of course, what we all have expected is that the boys were mean to Robin, so they can't come over until they apologize. <laughs> Get the fuck over yourself, Cody. And Cody says in a talking head there's been a lot of shit talking within the family. Okay, okay. Like, it's just your family speaking truth about you not being around. You know, and then Cody explained, you know, oh, he had three wives before one child. And, you know, in his opinion, he thinks the wives were just jealous of Robin because when she came into the family, she got time with him and time with her children and Cody together. And, you know, in Cody's mind, he says it was just too much for some of them. So instead of them being good to Robin, they're just jealous bitches, you know. He didn't say the jealous bitches part, but he did say he thinks they're just jealous because Robin got more time with Cody. Um, Now, let's remember that when Robin and Cody got married, uh, Christine also had a newborn truly at home, and then Cody left with Robin for 11 days on a honeymoon while he had mm, 15 kids at home still, 13, something like that, because Robin hadn't had her two other kids. Hmm, so yeah, maybe they are a little pissed, you fucking idiot. God, Cody. So, Cody says, though, that there's this unwillingness to accept, you know, other members, to com- or communicate, or make amends, a.k.a. to Robin. Again, all Cody wants is for them to say sorry to Robin, and he doesn't give a fuck at all. Like, he doesn't give a fuck what Janelle does. All he wants is that Robin's feelings aren't going to be hurt, okay? <laughs> Um Robin though claims that she didn't know Cody was telling Janelle and the boys they need to apologize, you know. Saint Robin, she says she just wants to clear the air and she loves those boys, okay? She loves those boys. <laughs> um so back in the conversation, this is where Cody starts yelling out some really shitty stuff too and he says Janelle says to Janelle that he has somebody already who is fundamentally loyal to him and sees him as the head of the family. How Janelle did not sit there and then slap him straight across the face. Mm. Violence is never the answer, but oh my god. The amount of self-control that probably had to take. (laughs) God damn. Anyways, then Cody in a talking head, he claims that he is not for, he doesn't want Janelle to be more like Robin. He wants Janelle to be loyal. And you know, Robin just happens to be that. And he wants to be allowed to be the head of his household again. Mm. It's a tough life for Cody. He just wants to be the head of his household again and, you know, be the head dictator. You know, and if only Janelle just realized, you know, Robin is 100% loyal to him and lets him do that, you know, she wins. If only Janelle's dumb ass could just realize (laughs) that. So then in a talking head, Janelle says that Cody is saying exactly what she expected. In Janelle's words, she says that Cody is telling her, you know, this person is loyal and she treats me like the head of the household. And if you really want to be a wife to me, you have to do this too. And you have to be more like Robin. Yes. Yes, Janelle said it. But Janelle is essentially like, nah, fuck you. I'm not going to be more like Robin and I love it. Good for you, Janelle. I'm so glad that she said that in a talking head. She said, you want me to be more like Robin. Say the names, damn it. Say the names. Um, this is funny because Cody says to Janelle that someone came into our family and treated us all very kindly and they perceived something else. Cody, just say it's fucking Robin's name. You keep arguing that you all need to be real and clear the air. Then just say it's Robin, damn it. Just say it's Robin because we all know Cody sure as hell does not care about how nice Janelle has been to Mary or Christine, unless it's in a sense that it makes him look bad. But otherwise, we know it's Robin. Nobody gives a fuck how the rest of your kids treat the other wives. You get. Do you think Cody really gives a shit how Maddie or any of you know Christine's kids or Janelle's kids treat Mary? Fuck no. That's all. Get out of here. All right. <laughs> I have to. I have to compose myself here. So, um, Janelle gets frustrated and in a talking head, she then says, Cody perceives this one person, this one relationship. She's such a saint and she's perfect. And she was so nice to them, but we treated the, her so wrong. So everybody better apologize to her or else this isn't going to work anymore. And this is the subtext I've been hearing all damn day. <sighs> Some more shit. I'm just obsessed with Janelle's and the truth she is dropping in these episodes. It's just so damn good, and I wished I could be a fly on the wall in Robin's house when she saw those talking heads. Ooh, Janelle is letting the chopper spray, and I love it. So then, in the talking head, Janelle continues to say that you know Cody's been a broken record for a while now about Robin being victimized, and that she put herself out there. But Janelle is like, nah, I don't see it this way. We were all plural wives trying to do the best for our family. And frankly, Robin always kept herself a little separate, you know? And now we're fucking saying it. I really, like I said, I would have loved to seen Robin's face as soon as she heard that on the TV when this episode came on. Oh! Um, You know, and then we get a talking head with Robin. And she's got her furrowed brow. And she's just so perplexed, you know? Just how Robin always is. She just... She's trying to blend with the family, and it wasn't easy. There were challenges. But, you know, she desperately wanted to be a part of the family. You know, remember, she wanted Cody because he's a good man, not just for the romance. She wanted, you know, the family, not just the husband. St. Robin, okay? But back in the Fat Olives convo, Janelle says, Okay, so if you want to go here, and as soon as I heard her say that, my ears perked right up. And Janelle flat out asks Cody, if the situation was reversed, would you act so defensive over me? Good question. So Cody, he kind of like cocks his head back with this like, I don't know, because he knows there's really no way on God's green earth he could convince us that yes, he would, you know, defend her if the situations would be reversed. Cody then, because he has nothing to say, he gets all fucking gross and gets into Janelle's face. Oh, this like, I don't want to say it triggered me, but it made me so uncomfortable. And he says, because we haven't acted like a married couple for most of our marriage, Janelle. And, you know, he says, I don't know why it was so okay for so many years. And it's not now, but you actually live like a single woman. I wonder why, Cody, maybe because you're never fucking around. (laughs) And Janelle says, you know, that's what she thought plural marriage was all about. And, you know, for a long time she was encouraged to be independent. She would ask Cody for things and she would be ignored. So she decided to become her own hero and she rescued herself. Hell yeah, Janelle. You know that a hero can save us. I'm not gonna stand here and wait. Is that how that song goes, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Janelle became our own hero. We love to see that. And we all... I mean, let's be real. Sometime in the past, before TLC cameras were around, Janelle probably would try and consult Cody or ask him to do something for her. And you know, Cody probably was like, figure it out yourself, Janelle. I got two other wives and some young thing. I'm courting in St. George. I'm busy, bitch. You know he has probably brushed Janelle off for years and told her to figure out shit on her own. But now... Because Christine left, and Christine left because Cody pretty much abandoned her and was never around. It's Janelle's fault that she's like that in her marriage with Cody, too. Mm. That's funny, huh? Back in this conversation, I told you, this conversation goes for a while. I have a lot of notes here, people. Um, But back in the conversation, Janelle is telling Cody she's enjoyed her independence. She doesn't know how it started, but... She's enjoyed it. I mean, how can she not? She was able to have kids. She had her sister wives help raise her kids. She was able to leave the house and work and have a career. I mean, I can't blame her. She did probably enjoy her independence. Um, but, you know, maybe they've lost something through all that. Yeah, it's called a new wife coming into the family and your husband falling in love with her and then favoring her. That's that's probably how they lost something. <laughs> and, you know, Cody just kind of goes into this helpless little boy act. Where he's like, yeah, yeah. Um, then in A Talking Head, Cody is claiming this isn't about Robin. This isn't about past history. They just put Robin in the COVID crosshairs. And it's actually about Janelle and her lack of respect for Cody's COVID rules. Okay, so what is it about? Originally, the conversation started that the boys were disrespectful to Robin. But now it's Janelle is disrespectful of her rules, of his rules. But Janelle has always acted like they were unmarried so she's not respecting their marriage. What is this about? What is Cody trying to bring up here? I don't even think Cody knows. He's just throwing out whatever he can to see what sticks. <laughs> like it, this this conversation and the point Cody is trying to make has changed so much and I'm so confused. That's why I have so many notes because I'm like I need to document everything. I need to know what the fuck is going on because this makes no sense. Um and this is the part in the conversation Cody says this is his invitation to Janelle for them to get to a place where they have that kind of loyalty. You know, the loyalty him and Robin have. The undying loyalty Robin has to him. Janelle makes a face and she says to Cody straight up like, it's wild you think, you don't think I have been loyal. And in a talking head, Janelle, another banger of hers, she says, all I'm hearing is Robin is perfect. You need to be like Robin. You all need to conform. We're a small team. And Janelle says, that's not what she signed up for. Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> you know, Cody says in a Talking Head, he doesn't think it's unreasonable to expect his wife to be loyal. Well, is it unreasonable for them to expect you to be around? Hmm. So what's unreasonable and what's reasonable here, Cody? We should both maybe look at yourself before you start deciding what's unreasonable. Hmm. And then this is when Cody starts bringing up the conversation um, into the conversation with Janelle, like, well, maybe this isn't working anymore. So it's like, are you trying to break up with her? You know, like, I... Because that's the direction that that phrase usually is heading in. And Cody starts going into this whole, like, beaten, sad little boy shit. And, you know, Janelle goes into that she feels like the rules have changed for her because it always seemed like Cody thought she was, you know, such a good wife and they would come together, it was great, blah, blah, blah. But Janelle is right. Like, the rules have definitely changed for her. Like, she used to be fine being independent but now Cody is has a problem with that and you know Cody thinks that they're unraveling and Janelle claims that you know she says she never thought she'd be in a place where she's questioning her relationship but frankly in the last few months she's wondering if they're still compatible and at Fat Olives Cody is continuing to say he's evaluating his life you know are him and Janelle going to be any better if they don't fix things You know, essentially, Cody is projecting all of his shit and his worries with Christine onto Janelle. And Janelle says, you know, she doesn't think they can change their relationship all of a sudden, you know, after being together for 30 years. It's kind of hard to do something like that overnight. And maybe it's a sign that it doesn't work anymore. And, you know, Janelle says that she's not the type of person to throw a towel in on a marriage. But, you know, this goal Cody has for what his wife should be, Janelle just knows she's like, I can't give you that, dude, and I shouldn't have to give you that. Like, fuck you. So good for her. Um, This is when, Cody, we get the line that we saw in the previews other time. This is when Cody tells Janelle they don't know how to be real with each other about things. And, you know, Janelle says, we had a functional marriage for a long time, and Cody is her best friend, and, you know, who she wants to tell everything to, I guess. <laughs> Imagine Cody being your best friend. Okay. In a talking head, Cody says, to say I'm close with Janelle is an overstatement. And he doesn't want to have happened to him and Christine happen to him and Janelle. What about Mary, Cody? But I can't believe it. To say I'm close with Janelle, to say I'm close with my wife, is not an overstatement. Well, then fix it, bitch. C- Cody says to Janelle, um, there's something fundamentally wrong here. And, you know, Cody, the philosopher, then asks, is this just what the human condition is? He's all over the place. Like, <laughs> now he's, like, you know, philosophical. He's reading his Kierkegaard. He's reading his, you know, Kant. Is this just the human condition to suffer? <laughs> Whatever. Um, you know, essentially at this point, like, Cody thinks, like, I don't know why she's think- thinking that I'm, singing the breakup song, I want to talk about this. It's like, well, probably because you said, oh, maybe this isn't working. So, yeah, she probably thinks that you're trying to break up and end things. <laughs> you know, and so then Janelle brings up that Savannah, their youngest daughter, is about to be 17. This footage is so far behind. She's actually 18 now. Um, and so Janelle says it's almost like they're on the cusp of a reset. And in A Talking Head, she says she still has so much for effect- so much affection for Cody. <laughs> But she's not sure if it's love, which I don't think it is. I think it's because you're realizing he sucks. Um, And then Cody, the proper dick, he's in the convo and he says, yeah, I don't know. I just want to eat something, though, before it gets cold and starts eating. Just like, yeah, fuck your feelings. I'm done with this conversation. I want to eat. God. That's another way I'd be like, fuck you, Cody, and smack him across. I'll show you to eat. Throw his fucking silverware on the ground. (laughs) Um, then Cody in a talking head, he says that it doesn't feel safe enough to sit here and say, Hey, sweetheart, I'm brokenhearted because of the, this, this divorce and I need you to help me heal. And then he gets his little welled up tears and, you know, he needs to know if Janelle is, you know, are you a strong enough woman to help me heal? (laughs) So, you know, Cody is griping on more and more about how he can't define his own family. He's so upset about this defining his own family, you know, and Janelle asks, well, don't you think we can define us too? And, you know, maybe do I have to be a certain way to make this work? And Cody all snippy is like, well, maybe a married couple and a life partner and not a, and, you know, Janelle is like, well, I thought we've had a functional relationship. Have we not? And this is when Cody takes a few beats to think of the nasty thing he's going to say next. And he goes in on the RV. He says, buying the RV, single woman decision. And Janelle says, yes, I know, that's been an issue. And then Cody interrupts and says, let me explain just a few things here, okay? Single woman decision. Going to see your kids without your husband. Single woman decision. In a talking head, this is when Janelle says, she's spitting mad And, you know, what, she's going to stay home with him and Robin's kids in the RV? Like, he never showed up to help her get into the house or anything. Cody disagrees with that, of course. And, you know, then he starts going in on the dogs and that the dogs in the bed have been a hot button issue for him. The bed, you know, the dogs in the bedroom when they sleep. And Janelle says, like, Cody likes to bring up the dogs and complain about them, especially when things are bad with them. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that he keeps in his arsenal for when he's ready to start piling on all the shit that he thinks Janelle has done wrong. So, you know, <laughs> this I thought was funny because Cody is trying to act like, you know, Janelle makes all of these decisions that impact Cody because, you know, Cody spends so much time and he's so close with Janelle, you know, Oh, wait, no, he said that it's an overstatement to say that he's close with Janelle. Wow, how about that? So, really, are the decisions that she's making about where she's going to live and all that type of stuff really impact you? Because you're not even close. And, of course, you know, Cody says he doesn't want to live in the RV, but, you know, if he doesn't go and live there, it looks like he's just abandoning her. That's all he cares about is what he looks like, not actually like, oh, I should try and make a life work with my wife. Um, you know, Janelle then gives him a little bit of a bone and she says, all right, I do need to consider you more. And, you know, she asks Cody if he even wants the plural, the plural family anymore. And we've been hearing it for seasons from Cody that he doesn't really want it. And he questions it all the time. And, you know, Janelle says pretty much that, yeah, she's questioned it too. Um, so like, I I think they're both kind of like, shit, do we even like this? (laughs) And Janelle says that she feels connected to Cody, and Cody, you're my lover. Blech. That was another, i never refer to Cody as your lover. I don't need to hear that, Janelle. Keep that for your bedroom. Then we get to the, the real B in Cody's bonnet, and the real reason Cody is pissed in this conversation with Janelle. He asks Janelle if she can explain why it's been easier to have a relationship with Christine at this time than Robin. Again. That's all Cody cares about. How can Janelle be friends with that bitch, Christine, and not friends with the perfect angel, Robin? By perfect Robin, her feelings are hurt, and she's trying to be nice, okay? <laughs> you know, and Janelle just states the obvious. She's like, there's a lot of shared history. We have the kids in common. Like, we all raised kids together from babies. We did it with Robin. Like, come on. How is this so fucking hard to ex- it- understand, Cody? Like... Janelle says she just hasn't had much time to interact with Robin on a daily basis, but, you know, she was kind of stuck with Christine. And, you know, he, Cody claims that, you know, he saw Christine skipping down the driveway, leaving the shitstorm, and it's a shitstorm she created. And Janelle is like, nah, Cody, we had all a part in that. And, like, so he is all over this place. I thought it was first about COVID rules. Uh, Then it's Janelle is acting like a single wife. Then it's she's not nice to Robin. Now it's, um, she has a relationship with Christine, but not Robin. What is it, Cody? This conversation has been all over the place. And I've been talking about it for almost 20 minutes now. Jesus Christ. Um, you know, Cody in a talking head. Then he starts screaming about how he wasn't a coward. He didn't want to quit. He didn't want a divorce on his record here. Uh, So Cody clearly has forgotten about that legal divorce he got from Mary so that he could marry Robin a few years back. Um, Because you definitely got a divorce on your record from that. Because that was a legal marriage, Cody. Sorry. (laughs) Hate to break it to you. So you do have a divorce on your record and you very much wanted it, sir. So shut the fuck up. Cody then says, I'm going through a divorce and my wife doesn't even care. In any other context outside of Sister Wives, that would be the most bizarre sentence ever to hear. But in this, it makes perfect sense. And then Cody says, Janelle doesn't care about his ex-wife. Oh, Janelle cares about his ex-wife, which is heartbreaking to him. (laughs) This is all what it comes down to. Cody is mad that Janelle is friends with his bitch ex-wife, Christine. Um... Janelle thinks that Cody keeps bringing this up, trying to get, like, validation or something, and Janelle says she's not going there. She's heard from Janelle, um, or she's heard uh, from Christine in the past talking about, you know, her and Cody's lack of intimacy, and, you know, Janelle says that just wasn't her experience in her relationship. So that was a very indirect way of saying Janelle and Cody knocked boots. Then we see Christine! And... She's in a talking head. We don't see a lot of Christine this episode, but she says Janelle was always so secure with her relationship with Cody, even when they were going through bad stuff. Um, And so their relationships were vastly different from the get-go, which I would expect. Um, And so they wrap up this conversation, Cody and Janelle at the old Fat Olives, and, you know, they think they can work this stuff out, and, you know, they're going through a transition, And, you know, Cody says in A Talking Head, he feels like he's fighting for the relationship. And, okay. Are you, though? (laughs) And Cody says, ultimately, he just wants them to be in a good, healthy marriage. I'm sure you fucking do. (laughs) Okay. Ah, now the good stuff. Okay, we're only like a fucking hour in now, and I'm barely <laughs> through this first episode. Um, now we get to Robin's unvaccinated brood, and surprise, they all caught COVID. Um, except Aurora, because at the first sign of symptoms, she quarantined her ass, and I guess they have a basement door so she can leave the house and go to school and work or whatever else she does. Um, so Cody says it's been, quote, 20 twenty months since the apocalypse has started, and after all this fight and being safe... Except getting vaccinated, uh, Robin and Brianna are both now sick. So instead of quarantining from them, Cody decides to take them to a testing facility. <laughs> and Brianna tested positive, and then Robin was negative. But of course, a few days after, she starts getting the same symptoms. So Cody then <laughs> admits he assumes they brought it in home from home from school somehow, which is very ironic. He's so scared of the rest of his family and thinking they were so unsafe, but then it turns out it's your own fucking kids. And then in the talking head, Brianna, one of the kids, she says that she never thought she would get COVID because they're so safe. Unfortunately, Brianna has so many of the same mannerisms as Robin, and it's infuriating. Like, I know I shouldn't say anything bad about her. She's, like, 17, but... When you look so much like Robin, same thing with Ariella, Ariola, whatever her name is. She looks so much like Cody and her mannerisms. How can, a, how can a seven-year-old girl have the same mannerisms as a grown man? How does that work? Whatever. Anyways, um, you know, and then they do this whole song and dance about how they were social distancing. She was wearing a mask at school, sanitizing. And so, you know, Robin just has no idea how they could have gotten it. Maybe because none of you are fucking vaccinated. That's why. You know, and they've talked about how they've been so safe and sequestered for 20 months. How could they get COVID? Like I said, maybe because none of you are fucking vaccinated. So what was Cody's plan? If he didn't plan to ever get vaccinated, was he just going to stay home for the rest of his life? Being sequestered from the rest of the world while COVID runs through, you know, because it's not like COVID cases have just disappeared. So what was he playing? 20 months he was sequestered. You know why I got vaccinated? So I didn't have to be sequestered in my house for 20 fucking months. That's why. What a, it's so bizarre to me. This way he acts like he is so safe about COVID, yet this very easy thing and very effective thing and making sure he doesn't get a bad case of COVID, he doesn't do. But yet he clings to this whole thing about he is so safe about COVID and he was trying to, you know, sacrifice so much for his family to protect them. No, you weren't. You were not at all because you weren't even willing to do the bare minimum to help your family and to protect you from getting sick. Fuck you, Cody. Fuck you. And you know what? This is why I don't have any goddamn sympathy for him and that and Robin and why they got so fucking sick. And I don't care if people disagree with me. I don't care if, oh, it's a matter of opinion. No. I don't give a fuck. They didn't get vaccinated. They decide then they get COVID and it's so fucking bad and they want to act surprised. Nah. No sympathy from here. You can see me all in fucking hell if that makes me a bad person. As you can tell, this made me angry and i have no sympathy for robin at all um you know robin's on her deathbed thinking she know you know this was a year ago and we're all supposed to be acting all on our toes like oh is she gonna die Uh!" no she doesn't okay she does end up in the hospital though and with very low oxygen you could tell she's having a very hard time catching her breath wish there was something that maybe could have prevented that huh robin Oh, like I said, I, I need to cool down in this segment because I, it's so infuriating to me. It'd be one thing if Cody and Robin were like, yeah, we got COVID, fuck it, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just the fucking flu, like a bunch of other COVID deniers were saying and stuff like that. But like I said, they think they are being the safest fucking people in the world. I, I just, I can't, I can't. Anyways, um... Cody in a talking head, he's like, COVID-19 after 20 months. This is crazy. Um, so then of course, Saul and Ari get fevers, and dun dun dun, now Cody has it. Shocker. Cody says he hasn't slept and he's had fevers, aches, and pains, and he says that, you know, he talked to Gabriel to get more information about it. This is a good insight that we get from Gabe. And I feel really, oh my god, it just proves again how shitty of a dad COVID is. We get a talking head from Gabe. again that's uh, Janelle's second youngest child, her youngest boy. and he says that he got COVID in January of 2021. He had a mild case um, and I'm not sure if he was vaccinated at this point because in 2021 of January January 2021, I don't think it was open to the public. I hope he is vaccinated now though. I really really hope it. God damn it, Brown family, get vaccinated. <laughs> Gabe then says, um, he remembers October 11th specifically comes around because it's his birthday and Cody calls him and all they had was a small discussion about how bad Gabe's COVID was. Gabe then says, um, he didn't remind Cody it was his birthday because he wanted to see if he would remember. And well, shocker to no one, Cody forgot and did not even mention Gabe's birthday on the phone. I'm sorry. In the year of 2021, when this was filmed, why does Cody not have all of those kids' birthdays in his phone calendar so he gets a reminder every morning of whatever child's birthday it is? There's no excuse in this day and age. It's not... We're not in horse and buggy. He has the technology, and you know his face is buried in that fucking phone for most of the day. Like, I don't care if someone says, oh, he's got 18 kids, how can you remember all those birthdays? Well, if you have 18 kids... I'm sorry, but don't have 18 kids if you can't remember all of their birthdays. Plain and simple. And I feel bad for Gabe. You can tell he's like, what the fuck? So, you know, Gabe then says to Cody, it was just a phone call asking about COVID. And this was so rough. Cody, uh, Gabe gets really upset and he starts bawling. And he says it was a lot worse than just a phone call for me. And he is saying this all through like sobbing and tears. And I wish... Another time I wish I could be a fly on the wall in Robin's house when they see that scene. And to see just, I bet, the shame come across Cody's face. Um, And yeah, like, Cody brought up in his talking head that he didn't even know what day it was when he had COVID. So I think he's trying to make it out to be, like, some sort of excuse. Like, I didn't even know what day it was. I was so sick. So then Gabe says, a few hours later, he tried to call him back and make up for it, but Gabe didn't answer. And Gabe says that's the last time he talked to his dad. So that was October 2021. And I'm curious when these talking heads were taped. So like at least middle of 2022, I bet, because this season premiered in September. And so they would have been filming these like around the end of filming or after. So that's like, I mean, that's a good six, seven months he's gone without talking to Cody. Wow. 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 That's yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we are at Mary's house and, you know, the only reason that she has a house in Flagstaff is to film. <laughs> and so, you know, she's claimed she texted Robin to see how she was and, you know, that's how she found out about them having COVID and that the whole house ended up getting it. Um, Mary almost kind of had like a chuckle when she said that Robin told her she had COVID, which I I noticed. I found it a little funny um, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Again, I need to know who is vaccinated. Mary, I would like you a lot more if I knew you were. I would think Leon probably would not allow Mary to go unvaccinated. Because Leon and Audrey seem very much on the, like, do the right thing, science is real type of thing. Um, But Mary says she could definitely tell Robin was having a hard time speaking and, you know, like she was exhausted. So now um, we're back at Robin's house. Cody claims he has not showered in a few days, so that house has to be smelling ripe. (laughs) and, you know, he's got his terrible muscle aches, and I'm just playing my littlest fucking violin for him. Aurora quarantined as soon as the family got sick, like I said, um, and she claims it was very isolating and lonely not to be able to see this family. I guess. (laughs) What the fuck? Like, get some friends. Who at 19 years old wants to spend so much goddamn time with their family? Cody says in a talking head and he starts getting teary eyed that, you know, one night Aurora came upstairs in the house with a mask and she was like 10 feet away from them and says, I miss you guys. And then Cody gets teary eyed and he says, we miss you too, Aurora. And it had been like 10 days at that point, he said. I wonder why, does Cody ever feel that way about his other kids? Because he's definitely gone longer than 10 days without seeing them. So wondering, does he feel that sentiment all the time? Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Um, you know, and then we find out Christine and Mary have not had COVID. Janelle says it's funny, you know, that they've isolated themselves for so long. And then it ends up being one of the kids who brought it up and brings it into the house. And, you know, she just thinks COVID is one of those things that you can do everything safe and then you'll just probably end up getting it. Uh, yes, because it's a very contagious, uh, illness. So that's, that's kind of why you end up getting it. And so, that's why you should do things like, oh, I don't know, get a free vaccine that prevents you from getting really serious cases of COVID. Hmm, what a what a crazy concept, right? <laughs> Anyways, um so then Christine in a talking head says that she has not had COVID. Christine is also vaccinated, and I've heard that, so that probably helps. I'm sorry. I keep harping on of this and I, if people are anti-vax, I don't care. Um, I will keep harping on this during this COVID segment with Robin because she's an idiot and all of this is the result of her being an idiot. Um, you know, then we get back to Robin in her bed. She's coughing her lungs out and I guess it's been a week and she isn't feeling better. The kids are feeling better and so the doctor told them to take Robin to the hospital. Obviously, this scares the kids. They think she's going to die, you know, because we also know Robin probably told them that she's going to die. And so now Robin is soaking up all the fear about possibly dying. Again, I say this because we know Robin did not die. She's in her fucking talking heads. And this happened a year ago. Oh, my God. Anyways, Cody has the time to sit in the parking lot and wait. Um, Remember, he's a busy guy, but he does have time to sit in the parking lot and wait for six hours because he can't go into the hospital. Now, this was fucking hilarious because he says he wishes he almost admitted himself because he definitely has COVID and he could use a chest x-ray, you know, because he hasn't been sleeping well. I don't know why you need a chest x-ray when you haven't been sleeping well, but that's Cody's mentality for you. And um, again, I ask, would you be saying this if any of your other wives were sick? Because we know Janelle got sick with COVID, but he never drove to the to her house to take her to get tested or you know I'm curious if she had to go to the hospital would he have taken her would he have tried to admit himself yeah exactly he wouldn't have (laughs) you can tell Cody is like really trying to sound winded too him and Robin sound like that kid from Malcolm in the Middle like really winded (laughs) I know I'm going to hell this is such a bad episode (laughs) I don't care um so yeah Cody's still in his truck and He's continuing on about, you know, saying this seems like a busy hospital, so he won't check himself in. But if he was feeling worse, he would be checking himself in, you know, don't you doubt. So at the beginning of this whole diatribe in his truck, Cody was saying he should have admitted himself into the hospital because he definitely could have used a chest x-ray and he definitely has COVID. But then he gets to this place in his monologue where he says, well, now I don't need to be going in there and playing sick where there are people actually dying or, you know, Robin, she's passing out. So so what is it? Do you have COVID or are you playing sick? What is it? Like, wh- now you just sound like a pathetic asshole. <laughs> um, and then we get the shot of Robin in the, the hospital room. She says she's been there for a few hours and they don't have a room because it's crowded. Probably crowded with a bunch of other unvaccinated Arizonians with COVID. Go figure. But she's out of breath trying to talk. She's very winded. Um, and then Cody says that he finally got on the phone with Robin and she told Cody that she's just sitting there wasting away. I'm sure that's what she was doing. Just wasting away, Robin. <laughs> um, Obviously, this is the best Robin's eyebrows have looked. Like, she doesn't have that shoe polish on them that makes them look like toothbrush-shaped. Um, I think, you know, the natural, more natural look is good for her. She could use, like, a light lamination maybe. You know, Robin, you need to consider your options, okay? You got TLC money. We know you like to shop. Go, go find a good eyebrow artist. Then Cody has to lean into the dramatics, again, and about this whole thing. You know, he was sitting there wondering if, if she was even going to live. Oh, poor Cody. Oh, the humanity. Again, I don't have any sympathy. Um. You know, and the doctors told Robin her lungs look like they sounded like COVID, duh. Um, Of course, her sad daughters are like, we aren't sure if she'll get better or not. And they're really leaning into this whole, like, we don't know if Robin's going to die. And Robin, again, she's huffing and puffing, you know, panting in the room. She says she just can't get the oxygen in and it hurts to take deep breaths. Yep, sure does, doesn't it? Anyways, Robin's EKGs are normal, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. She, she doesn't die from COVID, which is good. Now I should, I don't want Robin to die from COVID. I don't want people to die from COVID. I want people to be smart. I want people to be vaccinated. That's what I want. And the fact that Robin got COVID and it was a very bad case and she ended up having to go to the hospital is her own fucking fault. Sorry. Anyways. Robin says she's, you know, slowly getting better, and she thanks God that they are okay. But now Cody's gotten worse with his COVID, and he says he can't focus or concentrate. I don't know if that's a symptom of COVID or just him freaking out, but um, Janelle even says that she talked to Cody on the phone, and he is definitely in a bad way. Brianna says that, you know, Cody is usually a really energetic guy, and then she breaks down and cries just like, Robin! Robin! Oh my god, it's so unfortunate how much she cries like Robin. And she says she's getting really sad because Cody started getting really depressed. And me, like, the dark twist. I'm like, your parent's depressed? Get over it. Like, okay, welcome to the club. Oh, you've never had a parent with mental illness? Lucky. Lucky. <laughs> But that's my own trauma. Anyways, Janelle says, um, you know, Cody's never been a depressed person, but now he's being very emotional, blah, blah, blah. You know what it probably is is because he probably fucking caught COVID and he feels embarrassed as shit. That's why. That's why he's probably emotional. And then then we get this weird talking head of Cody three and a half weeks later. And it's almost like it kind of reminds me of the after shots of intervention, if anybody watches that, where, like, they go and visit the person 28 days, 60 days, whatever it is, after their stint in rehab, and they're, like, you know, transformed, look amazing. And Cody is sitting in this lawn chair outside. He's got, like, the forest behind him. looks very much like he's at a retreat, you know, at Robin's house. And he says, you know, uh, I, I thank God that I'm feeling so much better. And then in Talking Head, he says, I just fought it, and I just beat it, and it kicked my ass, but I lived, and I'm not running from it anymore. Because, of course, in Cody's mind, COVID is like a traumatic demon from his past or something, not a sickness that he got lucky and did not kill him. Um, Because remember, Cody's in his 50s, okay? So he's not some spring chicken. It's very obvious Cody is under the belief now that like he's immune forever from COVID instead of being like, Oh, damn, that shit was bad. I should maybe do something, like, get vaccinated and make sure I don't get that sick again. But no, Cody is like, Fuck this. I don't know why I'm so scared of. I'm t- I'm tired of social distancing. Fuck it. You know? And so, literally, in his talking head outside, he's like, I'm so thankful for COVID because I no longer live in fear. Almost like, thank you, COVID. I now got my life back. It's like, what a bizarre fucking sequence of, of shots here. Um... And then in a talking head, we get this weird anecdote from Cody of like, he remembers driving past Christine's house and when he had COVID and he had to get out of the truck and change out of a hoodie into a jacket because it was choking him and the sight of being at Christine's house choked him. I thought a few episodes ago, Cody was saying he never wanted to drive past her house again. And now you're driving past and new people live there. So that's weird. That's called stalking. Well, not technically stalking him. Christine isn't there. But that's weird. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, and Cody just says he's been evaluating his family. He says his conversation with Janelle was like him begging to be loved by her. I did not get that from that conversation, but I guess Cody did. I, did anybody else get that from that conversation? I sure as hell didn't. Um, but now he knows that he hasn't been dealing with Christine very well. No shit. <laughs> like, okay. Again, it's, it's like somebody in intervention, they're like sitting down, they're like, I realize that I haven't been dealing with my feelings. And I've had a lot of stuff I need to work out from my past that I've been hiding from. Apparently that thing was COVID for Cody and it just enlightened him. Um, you know, Cody says that he was looking at family pictures when he had COVID and in his phone, he was looking at pictures and he just realized how much he didn't live. And he said he would start sobbing seeing family pictures because he realized he was going to lose this. Was it worth it? You know, was it worth it? He's got a division in his family and now a divorce, you know? And Cody thinks COVID was the catalyst for that. And it's like, no, Christina said a million times COVID was not the catalyst for wanting to leave you. She even wanted to leave before moving to Flagstaff. But keep telling yourself that, Cody. <laughs> um, and then Robin says... Cody was totally right. This was something we didn't want to get. There were so many things we missed out on, and now I know why. It's like, Robin has this weird, she's like, almost so close to getting it. Like, oh, this was so bad. If only we, like, it's almost she's like missing this little piece where I was like, oh, if only we did this one thing to protect ourselves, we wouldn't have got it. And I now know why. Like, you could have had me there, Robin, but instead she's just like, Cody was right. I know why we missed out on stuff where Cody is like, you know, I survived COVID. Why the fuck did I miss out on stuff when this is, you know, I beat COVID. It's okay. I wonder what the two of them talk about when the cameras aren't around and like are actually talking their real thoughts about COVID. Um, So this was the highlight of this episode and honestly I think I'm going to just talk about this episode right now because I'm kind of losing my steam and there was just so many notes with this episode I had to cover. But um, this was the final part that I lost my banana. I fucking died laughing. We see Cody like storming through his house dressed up as King Tut. He has got the darkest eyeliner around his eyes. And he is like, it's time for Halloween and I want my candy. Oh my, like this, talk about what you see at the gates of Mormon hell. Like, I was startled to see Cody's face when I, when I saw this. Um, but so I guess he's going to be taking Saul and Ari around Robin's house to the different daughters or something. And they're going to be... What? This made no fucking sense to me. Also, it goes to show how big Robin's house is, is that they can make multiple stops for trick-or-treating for these kids. Uh, Okay, do they not trick-or-treat in Flagstaff? What is this? I don't understand this. Is it because Cody still has COVID? You're outside. I don't... All I know is that Cody clearly got some eyeliner tips from Mary. Um, It's startling. I did not need to see this. Uh, But of course robin is cody's queen so she's dressed as cleopatra yada 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 and cody gets to be the king that he sees himself as obviously <laughs> oh and like i said i think cody dresses king tut with all that eyeliner on is what you see before you enter the gates of hell um but yeah cody is back on his intervention chair we see that shot again And, you know, he's realizing they'll never be in these big family places again. But then we see Cody has one of his shirts hanging outside the door of the house as they're, uh, doing their, what is it called? Trick-or-treating. I can't even figure out the words because it doesn't look like trick-or-treating to me. Um, but I found that funny because I was like, why are your shirts hanging outside? Oh, it's probably because Cody makes himself, makes everybody change their clothes still. In October of 2021, when they come into the house. Oh, my God. Um, And, you know, back in Cody's intervention chair, he's saying he thanks God every day that he's out of this COVID thing. And we get another shot of him walking around Robin's estate, dressed up as King Tut. And he says that he's usually the party pooper for these sort of things. But I thought that Cody was such an energetic, amazing guy, according to Brianna. So what is it? Hmm. But anyways... Robin always wants to make sure the kids have an awesome time because she's amazing, and so she insisted that they do this sort of thing. Oh, thank God for St. Robin. And then we get another final shot of Cody's intervention chair, and he's so glad that he's out of this COVID thing, and then he just shuts off the camera. I was waiting for, like, a text screen to pop up that said, like, Cody returned home and quickly relapsed. (laughs) Like, it was just, what a bizarre, weird screen that they, like... I, I don't know, just that self taping, it was very, very weird to me and gave me very strong intervention vibes, but okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that was episode 13. Corona pocalypse. Um, I started off this episode thinking I was gonna cover two, the most recent. I will cover the finale later on this week. I will make sure I record that. I have the notes done. Um, but your girl is I'm running out of steam, and I wanna make sure that if I talk about the episode I'm in a good space where I got, you know, the funnies and I have the energy and, you know, I'm not just running through my notes and making it bland for you guys. So I apologize, but I will be back here soon in a few days to give you my thoughts on the finale, especially before the one-on-one start, because you know I'm going to be covering those. Um, But anyways, yeah, just thank you for the patience. I, I don't know. I guess it's a podcast. It's my podcast. I can release episodes whenever I want, but... I, you know, I want to build consistency and, you know, obviously when you start liking a podcast, it's annoying if they don't post regularly. So I don't want to be that asshole. But again, thank you for the patience as I've been busy during a few days and trying to figure out how to do everything. Time management, man. It's a, it it escapes me sometimes. I swear. I've been trying to figure it out my whole life. (laughs) If anybody's got some tips, let me know. Anyways, um, that's all for now. Uh, be good to one another. Don't be an asshole. Bye. <laughs> this has been a production of Sea Money Entertainment. Follow us on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV or on Twitter at Advent in Reality.